Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Trust the Process NFL show. We are back. We have been on a bit of a hiatus for that. I apologize. I am Charlie Gross. I am your host, and I am joined by a very, very special guest today. Uh, He is a podcaster and YouTuber for Buffalo Rumblings, which is the Buffalo Bills arm of SB Nation uh, platform. He does several podcasts, YouTube shows, Code of Conduct, Hump Day Hotline, The Chop Up. My guest, the man, Jay Spence the King, is with me today. How you doing? What's up, Charlie, man? Thank you so much for this uh, in- invitation. It's been it's been long overdue. I, I got to get you on it. And I say this every time I talk <laughs> to you. So let's just do it. We got to get you on a code of conduct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, whenever you want, man. I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you coming on and and uh, people may listening may not know, but we are both Buffalo Bills content creators, but we are not going to talk very much, if at all, about the Buffalo Bills. This is an NFL podcast. We are here to talk about the NFL. And I figured we would get right into it, starting with the uh, the NFC East, maybe uh, not quite the NFC least <laughs> as it was last year, basically because Dak Prescott is not hurt. Uh, but it's a it's a pretty weird division. Right. Like there, there's a lot of there's only one real good quarterback, which is Dak himself. Um, obviously, the Eagles, according to Dan Orlovsky, they have their guy with Jalen Hurts. I'm not so sure. W- what are your thoughts about the NFC East just just in general? Well, so for starters, I do think that that hurts. I don't think he's there yet, but I do think he's the guy. So I, I kind of agree with Dan. Um, I, I think that. Right now, obviously, it's just he's still technically, in my opinion, he's just kind of ended his rookie season. Um, so, you know, and, and I know it's midseason and or it's, you know, inching towards the second half of the season here. But Jalen Hurts is I mean, he's doing things that you see those flashes like, OK, this guy is going to be um, a really good football player for a long time in this league. So I kind of agree to her. I think Philadelphia has has what they need at the quarterback position going forward. Right now, it doesn't look like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and John, Josh Allen or whoever, but it'll get there. I think with the Giants, I don't know if I'm I guess I'm confused on if I'm sold or not sold on Daniel Jones. We've seen a lot of flashes from Daniel Jones to where it's like, holy smokes, this kid has legs on him. He can run. Holy smokes, this kid. Did you see that throw? And it's like every once in a while, he'll do something that really makes you look at him and say, the Giants may have something here if, if Saquon Barkley can stay healthy and they can kind of plug some good pieces on defense. Um, who knows? Dallas is Dallas. Um, they're going to be they're going to be every season. They're going to compete. They're going to have um, because of Dak Prescott, because of um, certain pieces on defense and because of the run game, they're going to be there. But then they're going to disappoint in the first round of the playoffs every year and, and, get, and get beat. So um, the, the real wild card for me is because coming into the season, I thought Washington was going to be a lot better. Uh, than the, and, and right now they're they're just short of 500. They're five and six. Um, the, the thing about them is, A, I thought Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to be the quarterback. With him getting injured, I think that that derailed a lot of things. Same thing with Logan Thomas being injured. Uh, I know he was um, he's he's not really considered like a top three tight end in the league or a top five tight end. But I'm going to tell you what, he's developing into one. He has everything. When you look at a player like Darren Waller, Logan Thomas has everything that Darren Waller has. He just hasn't quite developed it in the same way yet. You give Darren Waller a year with, I mean, or Logan Thomas, you give him a year with somebody like Ryan Fitzpatrick who flings the ball around the field, I guarantee you would have seen tight end one, tight end two type numbers from a Logan Thomas. 
Yeah, and there's definitely a lot um, in there I agree with, and it certainly brings up, I think, other discussions that we could have a whole podcast about, especially, you know, um, how obviously you can't be a number one, two, three, four tight end without you know, production, right. Without the quarterback throwing you the ball. Mm -hmm. So that, that could be a whole podcast about that, but I agree with that. Like, I think Washington kind of didn't expect to be where they are either. Uh, I think their defense has collapsed a little bit and obviously Mm -hmm. they expected to have a guy like, like Fitzpatrick and they're in a weird spot because I feel like their roster is really kind of a win now roster, but they really don't have a quarterback. So I don't know if they're going to be in on a guy like Watson or Rogers or who knows what happens with Russ Wilson or, you know, I don't know what they're, what they're going to do. And, 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 you know, Dallas, you're right. I think Dallas is a, I don't want to say they're a paper tiger because they do have Dak. They have a lot of talent, but they do obviously seem to sort of fail, you know, when, when it really comes, comes down to it. Um, They have, Probably the defensive rookie of the year in Micah Parsons. He's just been outstanding. And, you know, the Eagles are another yeah. interesting situation, right? Well, wait, sorry to cut you there. Like, they, no, go and ahead. I know he gives up a ton of um, big plays, but at the same time, you got Trayvon Diggs over there who could, because of the interceptions that he gets, he's probably going to be in consideration for defensive rookie of the year. So it's, it's just one of those things where you have like, Oh, no, he's not a rookie. I'm sorry. He, he got injured last year, which is why he's back. But he's a big defensive key to that team. Sure. Too. They have good young talent. He has to kind of figure out how to take those risks without giving up such, you know, big plays. But but no, Dallas, man, they have pieces. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, it's it's like it's like I mean, I guess you have to look to coaching then. Right. Like if they've got all the talent, then then where where does that that leave them with the coaching like? You know, Mike McCarthy obviously had a very nasty breakup with with Aaron Rodgers, but who wouldn't? I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just certainly isn't the kind of guy I'd vibe with. I mean, it doesn't seem like he fits in a lot. Um, but you know, and it, it, to me too, the interesting thing is the Eagles. Like, if Hertz is their guy, how sort of advantageous is that, right? Like, they've got three first round picks this year, although it's not, and it's not a good quarterback draft, but that's fine because if Hertz is their guy. They can build around him immediately, uh, provided Howie Roseman can do that. You know, I think even though he's been there for about 12 years, I think the jury is still out on, on Howie in terms of of how good a general manager he really is. Right. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it's, um, it, well, it, okay, so let me ask you this then. So do you think it's the the general management aspect of it or is it just the the fandom part of it because when you look at a guy like him where you know these guys have all this money and they own the team and then they want to be the football mind too and all this stuff is it is it the thing because i don't know i feel like maybe he is a football mind and maybe he can do the job the problem comes into play where he has too much to do with too many things meaning he cares about the entire landscape of the team and you can't be a good gm if you're worried about you know I don't know, whatever else that these guys have to worry about. As far as ownership, you're worried about uh, sponsorships and you're worried about uh, making all the money that they do down there in Dallas because they're America's team and all this stuff. So you're so focused on that, but then you miss things when it comes to the GM aspect of it. I kind of, I, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it, it should be one of those things where he just takes a step back and becomes the GM that he should be? Or I mean, we're not the GM. Should he just kind of strictly stick to being an owner and kind of do like the Pagulas and, and have like a Brandon Bean type figure there or... Like, how do you see it? Yeah, I mean, 
I always look at it as like, what would I really do, right? Like if I could own a team, how would I function? Because it's easy for me to to uh, make fun of somebody, but at the same time, here I am trying to learn how to scout. And if I own a team, yeah. I'm gonna be like, hey man, I saw this 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 defensive lineman from Akron. I think he's pretty good, you know. Um, gotcha. So I think I think the best thing that you can do. Um, if you're if you want to be involved in that way, like I think an owner should basically hire the guys and get out of the way. Like obviously have daily meetings or or, tw- or week whatever they are, but but not try and make all the decisions. I guess I'll say if he does want to make all of the decisions, I think you should be able to. I think you should give your input, but remove yourself from being the guy who theoretically has the day to day decision-making like obviously Terry Pagula can come down at any moment and tell Brandon Bean look do this or you're fired he's the owner but he's chosen to take a step back so I guess what I'm saying in terms of Jerry Jones is if you want to have input that's fine but probably the best thing to do is to have input but actually have a general manager who then is going to say okay I appreciate your input we'll we'll put it into our stew and we'll come up with a decision yeah, if it was if it was me, and I, I agree with you there, if it was me and I had the opportunity to buy my favorite team. So if I get the Buffalo Bills and I'm I'm the owner, I'm getting the hell out the way. Like I just want to be a fan. Like let me hire a Brandon Bean type figure. Let me hire somebody like that. Let me just get out the way. Now you're right. There will be moments where if you're gonna lose every year, if you're gonna have a Rex Ryan as a coach, I'm gonna come in and say, Look, dude, turn this thing around or you're gone next year. But that's the only part of my input that I feel like the ownership should have. I think um, and, and I mean, other things too, like I'll do my part as far as the stadium and as far as all the, you know, I'll make sure the team is, is successful in that way. But as far as the product on the field, man, I just think owners, um, you got to let the football guys do, do the football work. Right. And I, I think you've made a great point. I think anytime you see a franchise that's struggling, you can point to bad player management, bad drafting, bad coaching but at the end of the day like that's the responsibility of the owner so if you have some weird situation like the jets were in before where the coach and the gm were both reporting to the owner but it was like in a competitive way like sean sean mcdermott and brandon bean like i mean sean mcdermott basically hired brandon bean Mm -hmm. so but obviously, Brandon Bean is like theoretically his boss. I know that they have daily meetings with the Pagulas. At least that's my understanding. But there's no rivalry there. So I think if you're an owner and you foster an environment where there is a rivalry there, that's where you get into problems. Yeah. You know, yeah. like like so that has to be streamlined to where everybody's really working on the same page and these guys aren't competing for your for your attention or competing for power. I think that's where franchises really get into trouble. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and and especially again, when we're talking about Dallas, I just think that down there, man, there's such a, there's such a intimidation factor that comes into play as well. Um, you always hear after a hire, cause it seems like they hire a coach every year. So every, every year after a hire, you always hear how you need a yes, man, you need a yes, man down there. Cause nobody is going to be able to stand up to the ownership down there because it's going to be this and it's going to be that. The thing is in Buffalo or others around the league teams that, that kind of have ownership that gets out the way and allows GMs and coaches and um, you know, director of personnel and all these other 
positions to do their job properly. You don't see that. And and in Dallas, you just it seems like it's an every year thing. He does a very, very great job at getting talented players in there every year. They have guys every single season that will get the national um, endorsements and they'll get um, all the fun things. They'll get the votes from the fans to go to the Pro Bowl. But for some reason, as a team, they just can't get it together. And I, I will place the blame on the ownership down there. I think there's really nowhere else to put it. You know what I mean? Like, because he's so heavy handed and he's so involved there, it's hard. It's hard to put it anywhere else. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Well, let's move on to a team. We'll, we'll move on to a team and their division who has no owner. <laughs> and that is the NFC North, uh, the green Bay Packers. Go pack. Go, go pack. Go. Yeah. I mean, this division is not, Great. Although I will say that Minnesota, man, they always kind of are hanging around. You know, they're always in that kind of eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and well, I guess ten and seven this year. They're always like hanging around. Um, you know, and obviously the big thing with with Aaron Rodgers is that he's not going to be there next year, and that he's depending on your perspective. And if this matters to you, he's kind of a douche. <laughs> you know, I, I mean. I can't believe I don't know. I can't believe they didn't trade him this offseason. Like with all the stuff that he was saying, and like they've got such a good roster that I kind of felt like just get this guy out of the building. Like I, I, I don't know. know so man. my question to you is this: Do they really have that good of a roster? And I'm not being funny when I ask that. Yeah, when, when you look at this nine and three record, do you see this nine and three record because you see that their defense is awesome, or are you looking at this nine and three record and you see that? Aaron Rodgers has done Aaron Rodgers things again this year. Uh, I mean, I think their defense is probably the best side of the roster. I will say that. Um, I think he's he's having a, what you know. I guess it's relative a fairly um, you know modest year. I think he's below two hundred and fifty yards a game on on his averages. Um, mm-hmm. You know, where would they be without him? Uh, probably not nine and three. But I still think like they're in contention for the for the division, and I just wonder, you know, with all the stuff like dealing dealing with him and and all the tantrums, and it's almost like he didn't even like try in the first game, like just to be spiteful. I mean, I just to me, I just I just wouldn't have wanted to to deal with that. And and he's making these points about the guys who they didn't resign, who were all like in their mid thirties when the Packers let them go. Like I don't know. It, I mean, <laughs> I, I guess. Football guys will tell you you never want to get rid of a guy that that's that is that talented, but it's kind of like if you could trade Jerry Jones, like what you know, and swap him for a different owner. If you're a Cowboys fan, like like part of you probably is like, can we just get rid of this guy? And I just feel like it's is that the same thing for the Packers, where it's like, oh, like how much of this can we take, like before we just want to get rid of this guy? I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like Aaron Rodgers is a far better quarterback than. Um, you know, then your guy down in Dallas is an owner. Like, oh. I, I just, you know, <laughs> no, so I, I, think, know. I'm not, I'm I get not, the comparison. Yeah. I get the way you, I, I get it. Um, <laughs> but I, it's just tough to really have that, that thought because um, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is a jerk and Aaron Rodgers is selfish and um, he's, he's everything that's advertised. But at the end of the day, last year, he won the MVP this year. He might not be as good. Like he's not having the same type of season. Literally nobody had the same season Aaron Rodgers did last year. So, I mean, that's a once in a generation type performance for a full season. So this year, when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers, he's still playing very well. The team is nine and three. I just, 
I don't know, man. Um, in my opinion, I still, if I'm Green Bay, man, I do everything I can to fix the relationship and keep him there next season. I understand that they have um, love, and and he doesn't look bad. He, you know, not not by any means. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's, he just oh, isn't no, Aaron no. Rodgers. And if you let Aaron Rodgers go to a team like what we talked about earlier, if you let him go to Washington, where you have a Logan Thomas and you have a uh, McLaren, like you, McLaurin, um, you have these guys who on that they have a running game they have two good running backs out there in washington they have tight ends they have a decent offensive line they have it's just a lot that aaron Rodgers would be able to go out there and immediately succeed whereas green bay would end up they would actually i think green bay would look a lot like new england did last season after tom brady left and i just don't think that i don't think that green bay has a road to get back to success as quickly as new england has apparently this season so let me ask you then a, a historical comparison question about Aaron Rodgers. How good is he? Because he's won three MVPs in the past decade, and no one else I don't think even has more than one. Now, obviously, that's that's not the only indicator of, of quarterback talent or success, but, I mean, he's got three MVPs. Uh, you know, that, that's the cow. Where, did, where do you think he falls, you know, in, in the grand scheme of – of quarterbacks, obviously like Brady, Montana, Manning, uh, you know, are maybe probably most people's top three. Um, you, you know, obviously Unitas and, and we can get into guys like that. Where does he fall in there for you? Well, I actually got in trouble for this over the summer um, or actually right before the season started. I interviewed uh, Mike Robb from NFL Network on the Code of Conduct. And he came on and I'm like, to me, Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen throw the football. And he's like, what? You can't call him the goat and, and shout out to Mike Rob, but Mike got me. He was like, you can't call him the goat when he don't have rings. My debate for that or my rebuttal for that is when you're talking about rings and you're talking about that stuff, wins are and now I sound like Bruce. Wins are not a Bruce. quarterback stat. And so for me, it's like I can't just say that Tom Brady is the goat only because he's won games. When you look at the rosters that New England have had, they've always had very, very good defenses, um, even when they didn't have top talent to go around Tom Brady he didn't have to score 35 points a game he was very much able to score 18 20 points a game right with those defenses and win Aaron Rodgers for his entire career has been a guy that has been able to make those throws on the run that now you're starting to see guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert are able to make but he was doing this thing 10 years ago Great news from Rocket Mortgage. You could unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash-out refinance today. In fact, in the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. That means you could unlock thousands of dollars. And with Rocket Mortgage, you could unlock all that cash in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up because nobody knows how long these low rates will last. Put your hard-earned money to work. Make your life better. Build a home office. Remodel your kitchen. Or simply save that cash for a rainy day. Today's rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.25%, 3.48% APR, so you can lock in a great low monthly payment. When you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. That's 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com. Rates current as of 12-12-21. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. MLS consumeraccess.org number 3030. Call 800-490-1233 for disclosures and cost information.
every single year he was making these dynamic throws. Like he's I, there's still a throw every time I have a conversation about like the best throw and best whatever you remember. There was a play against Dallas in the playoffs where he and I, I'm trying. It was like maybe four years ago now. He was rolling out to the left side of the field. Time was expiring. He threw a dart. When I say a dart, it was like a 55-yard dart on the run to his left. And it just it landed right in a like in a bucket. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was um I don't think it was Jordy Nelson. I don't know. I'm gonna look it up while we're talking though. It, the, the guy, the guy is just amazing. So to me, I say Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen play, and I've watched a ton of football. Yeah, and I think your point in terms of that discussion you had with Mike Robb was how do you quantify how good a player is, right? Like some people are going to look at stats. Other people are going to look at traits. Some people look at, at analytics. Some people combine all three. So I don't think there's one correct way to, to measure that, um, you know, and, and maybe it is a combination of all three. But but I, I have to agree with you. I think that probably certainly in the last – 20 years he's probably the best quarterback that I've seen play or one of the two best that I've I've seen play I never thought that Brady you know Brady isn't athletic I'm not sure he even has that strong of an arm but he was able to run that system and understand the game of football so on a mental level at such a at such a high level I think that that masked um you know his deficiencies uh, you know, and I think I Aaron Rodgers, like you said, is, is kind of the, the godfather of the athletic quarterback in, in this generation. I know that, you know, we had Randall Cunningham and 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 Mike Vick was was a contemporary as well. And even if you want to go back to Donovan McNabb, but I think Aaron Rodgers was really the, the guy who highlighted um, just an elite level of play um, with that athleticism as well. Well, so the thing the thing about guys like Mike Vick and I, I, I was a huge Mike Vick fan. Um, the thing about guys like Vick is, um, is it's almost the, the same conversation that you're having with Lamar Jackson. So the, the things that he can do with his legs and his feet, it was super dynamic. He could win a game for you by himself with that. But once defenses kind of figure out how to contain you because they won't stop him, but they'll, they'll figure out how to contain his feet enforce him to throw the through the air unless Mike he never did it but unless like Lamar Jackson going forward can really and he's made certain improvements this season that I've seen not big enough improvements that that puts me in that category with him saying that he's going to be one of the best of all time you gotta you gotta learn to throw from the from the pocket and what happens is with Aaron Rodgers he can throw from the pocket. He can throw on the run. He can now he's obviously getting older, so he can't really scramble and give you, you know, 20 yards on. Well, he can, but he doesn't do it as frequently and he doesn't want to take hits. But Aaron Rodgers was able to literally do everything from everywhere on the field. So, no, he didn't have Mike Vick speed, but he still had elusiveness and enough to get around the pocket to move, to scramble, get a first down when you needed it. But he also could he could man, if it's third and 25 he can also get you that first down through the air time and time again like the stuff that we're seeing josh do these last two seasons aaron Rodgers was doing this 10 years ago the stuff that that patrick mahomes was doing after he got drafted and sat a year and then came in and kind of turned the league upside down and lit it on fire aaron Rodgers has been doing this stuff for years and now it's 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 not as I guess recognized when you're looking at Aaron Rodgers. I'm saying this as he won MVP last season, but I feel like it's still. I still feel like even though he won MVP, it was almost because it was like you you had to give him MVP. I feel like everybody is still so enamored and in love with Patrick Mahomes, which is fine because the guy is amazing. 
but we're seeing this year that he's not as amazing as Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has consistently done more with less, and he's had talent around him. Don't get me wrong. He's he's had talent around him, but he's never had the roster that Patrick Mahomes or even this year that Josh Allen has. You give you give Aaron Rodgers this version of the Buffalo Bills offense and you give him a defense that plays as well as this year's version of the Buffalo Bills. I guarantee you it's a Super Bowl. I guarantee like I guarantee it's a Super Bowl. And that's the difference when you have these conversations about Josh Allen being a goat, because now in Buffalo, everybody wants to talk about him being a goat. He's good and he's very good. And he's going to be very good for a very long time. But let's pump our brakes. Like, right. the difference is when you have a Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and even Gabriel Davis you can throw in there. And now the way Dawson Knox is playing, you give those guys a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, and it's a Super Bowl. It's not – you're not talking about are we competing with the top three teams in the AFC. You're talking about who can compete with Aaron Rodgers and the Buffalo Bills if that was the case. Yeah, I think that that they've never really done, and that was probably part of his point this summer, is they've never really done what the Bills did for Josh Allen in terms in terms of the weapons. They always drafted these kind of tall, you know, un I don't know, tall guys, but they weren't great root runners. Um so there's three other teams in this division. Um Obviously, Sorry, the man. Detroit Lions are, uh, you know, being Abyssal. completely unsuccessful at biting people's knees and ankles and all that <laughs> that stuff. But I, I don't think that the Detroit Lions are a team that's in disarray. I think that they're doing what they should be doing. They're kind of tearing it down. They're building it back up. They're willing to be patient. And you can think what you want to think about Dan Campbell, um, but they're trying to do things the right way. To me, there's two teams that are sort of or more or less in disarray, and that's Chicago and Minnesota. They they both have general managers and coaches who have been there for a while. Uh, the Bears obviously sort of did the we're going to try and save our jobs with, with Justin Fields type thing. And the Vikings are just kind of that team that kind of has enough talent to be successful, but not enough good talent or coaching to really go very far. So, what are you, what are your thoughts on on these other these other teams uh, before we 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 head off to the the vaunted NFC South? Well, I'm, I'm gonna just have to slightly disagree with you. There. I, th- I think Detroit is by far in a worse position than Chicago, and not just because of their record. I think um, with Chicago, if if Justin Fields, if you see him take any steps forward, if you see him start to develop, it's like okay, we're we're there. We we got our guy. We just have to build around him. Detroit, I've never believed in Jared Goff. I'll never believe in Jared Goff. I won't believe in him. Even if he wins the Super Bowl, I won't believe in Jared Goff. Like, <laughs> there's nothing that Jared Goff can do that he can't pay me to believe in Jared Goff. So <laughs> it's just it, it's just a bad play. So I think that um, so on top of their record being 0-10-1, they have a very bad quarterback. And on top of him being a very bad quarterback, they they have to try and draft one or find one, trade for one, whatever. So I think Detroit is in the worst possible scenario in the league. I, I, I don't see a team nearly as bad as the, and I, I'm down on the Jets. I'm down on Miami. I'm da- like their teams. I'm down on Carolina. I'm down on Carolina. But holy smokes, man, Detroit, <laughs> Detroit is bad. Yeah, they really, really just bad. went with like minor leaguers like they were like, we're just really <laughs> going to be yeah. devoid of talent here. 
They were like, you know what? Yeah, uh, Dan, we'll let you come in and we'll give you a shot. But nah, we're we're really just gonna <laughs> let you hang yourself here. And that's to me, that's what it looks like. Um, Chicago, look, Chicago. Um, every year I'm so confused with them because, you know, you look at their roster going into the season. It's like, okay, they they got some guys. They just need a quarterback. They got they got good receivers. Um, or decent receivers, I don't. I should say I don't want to say good, but um, they have talent in the backfield as well. They have talent on defense, obviously. Um, so every year you just it's like okay, they're a quarterback away. But then when you watch them put it together on the field, I we were talking about Washington earlier. I think Washington is a quarterback away. I think Chicago is a quarterback away, probably a coach away, probably you know like there are a few major key pieces away. So. Um, I don't know. I, I, that division's rough. I think it's going to be Green Bay for the foreseeable future, unless Aaron leaves. If Aaron leaves, then I think Minnesota finally has that window there. Um, now, is Kirk Cousins the guy? No. Kirk, we we know who Kirk Cousins is. I think he's going to be um, exactly who he's been for his entire career. He's he's very consistent. He's accurate. Um, he's not he's not jumping off the the screen for you. Like when you watch him, he's not doing anything that makes you say, "Oh my God, this guy's special." But then at the end of the game, you look at his stats and he threw for 340 yards, three touchdowns, one interception for 70 percent completion percentage. It's like, how the hell did this happen? That's who he is. So, um, yeah, I just think they they need to figure out. To be honest, I think that comes down to coaching for me. Uh, it's reminiscent in my in my mind of, of how the Bills right before we got good. Uh, a lot of times the Buffalo Bills would lose games by three points, six points you know, less than 10 points. They would lose these single digit games. And to me, that's kind of where Minnesota is. They lost, um, for those who don't know, I live in Phoenix, Arizona now. And I went to the game earlier this season when, um, I think it was week two when the Vikings played against the Cardinals. They lost by, I think, one point at the very last second. They missed a 25 yard field goal. These are the things that (laughs) bad teams do. Like right, bad teams right. have the game in hand. And it's like, okay, you just got to make a basically an extra point to win the game and you can't do it. That that's, that's, um, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. It's it really interesting too. And I, I think it's a, it's a great point about cousins and even golf. Like they've been really high. Golf has fallen off, but cousins has been really high on our competitive completion percentage metric. Uh, for those of you who are wondering what the heck that is, it's uh, not as limiting or as general as regular completion percentage. It doesn't go quite as far as adjusted completion percentage, which I think is sort of an, uh, a representation of what would happen if a quarterback and a wide receiver went to the park and threw the ball around. Uh, we don't quite go that far. But Cousins has been high on that all year. And I talked to Matthew Collar from Purple Insider at the beginning of this year, and, and he kind of didn't really know what to think of the Vikings either. You know, it's just this... It's like they're okay or above average, but they're they're never really they're never really great. Um, and yeah, I, I get the point about Chicago. I think you know, obviously, like I think Nagy needs to go. Maybe it's a it's a good place for for Brian Dable to go. You, you never know. I think we'll see what what he does um, if he gets a job in the off season. But I guess my point about Detroit was like at, at least they. <laughs> at least they like recognize that they weren't good and that they should just like tear it down. Cause I feel like a lot of teams end up somewhere in that like middle ground mm-hmm. where like they kind of like don't want to rebuild because they have some talent and they trying to sell tickets, but then they end up like not really being in a position to get 
um, a good quarterback or enough talent. And then they end up being, you know, sort of seven to nine for like seven years. And, and at least the Detroit lions are like, Hey, let's just like completely start over. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get you there. And that, and you're in, and that coming from that perspective, you're right. It's like, look, okay, we know we're not good. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta just tear this thing down. So yeah, in that sense, maybe they are a little bit ahead of um, Chicago because maybe Chicago's at the point where it's like, okay, we need to tear this down. Cause they've been trying to, you can tell they've been trying to plug and play. Um, right. They, they, it's kind of like they're still off the last few years when they not recently, but there was a, a pocket there where they were like very close and they were right there. And it's like, okay, if we just get this, then we're good. If we get that. So it's like, now they're trying to put pieces together and, and kind of get over a hump that I feel like is no longer there. So, so yeah, maybe, maybe in that sense, it's like, yeah, you, you guys need to tear it down too. You're, you're a, a year behind Detroit in that sense. So yeah, maybe. Right. Um, well now let's deal with, with the, uh, the defending champs and I don't know. It's hard to say. <laughs> I mean, another, another division that doesn't quite look, look that strong. Um, I don't know what we're going to, Tampa's a tough team, I guess, for some people to read. I feel like they're a really dangerous team. I feel like they they still have a pretty good defensive line, a pretty good offensive line. Obviously, they they have Tom Brady. Um, what are your thoughts on Tampa? Because lately, I've seen a lot of people who who are like, "Oh, Tampa, they're they're falling off. You know, they're not. You know, they're not going to be this 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 team." Uh, you know, they're not as tough as an opponent. Like they only won because of Brady. Their roster isn't that good. So what are your thoughts about Tampa? Uh, well, first, whoever says that, I would I would like to know if they're on like <laughs> reputable networks, because that's just not a good thing to say. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even without Tom Brady, have a very good roster. They, they have the to me, it's it's probably four rosters in the league that I look at with this type of eye i feel like tampa bay um some people will argue about arizona i don't i think arizona has all the talent in the world i think it comes down to um really just the quarterback play and and how the coach figures this thing out i look at kansas city the same way and um I guess it just depending on how you, you want to say it as, as a fan, I, I look at Dallas that way too. I think Dallas has the talent. They just, again, the coaching, the ownership that we talked about earlier, but, but Tampa Bay is a team that you can, same thing. You throw Aaron Rodgers on a team, Super Bowl. You throw like it, the fact that they have oh, yeah. Tom Brady there, they won a Super Bowl last year. It's the team that they have. Um, dude, they're that good. They are that good. I, they were, they were the team that I was nervous about going into the season as a Bills fan with the overconfidence of thinking that we were just going to get back to the AFC championship and then go to the Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, I wasn't worried about Kansas. I wasn't worried about all the other teams that people are. It was Tampa Bay. And and the, the thing is, yeah, over the last five games are three and two. But guess what? They're on a two game winning streak. <laughs> so, um Look, they they um I, I don't I don't know who and why anybody would say something like that, but it's a it's a bad thing to say if you're an analyst of football and you come out of watching film and you say they're falling off. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are no longer a good team. They're eight and three. Yeah, I mean I, I agree. I mean, maybe it's just because of that weird loss to the Saints, but the Saints always beat them for whatever reason. I, you know, I mean you know, and the Saints aren't are another are another one of those teams, man. Like the Saints are the epitome of the salary. They're trying to think that the salary cap does not exist. Uh, you know, I I don't know what 
what they're doing. I don't know what their plan is. I don't know if their long-term plan is Jameis Winston. I hope it's not Taysom Hill, but they seem to love that guy. So I don't really know like what's going on. Trevor Simeon obviously is not the answer. They've certainly had to purge some of their roster, but they didn't really lose as much talent in the offseason as a lot of people were predicting that they were going to have to with the salary cap. Um, it, they're a really weird team to me. Obviously, Elvin Kamara, I think, is the top five running back. I think they have a great offensive line. They have a, they have a pretty good defense. I think we, you know, I think the Bills made it look not that good, but when you have that terrible of an offense, I think it really hurts your defense. What do you, what do you think the they should do at quarterback? Um, if it were me, um, first it depends on how the rest of the season ends up for them. Right now, um, they're they're not going to be drafting top five. If you right. know, um, the way that if the season ended today, they have a decent a decent um, I don't know. So for me, if I if I was down there, what I would do is honestly, I would give Jameis another shot. Uh, the the last five games, they're one and four. They're five and six on the season. So that lets me know they were four and two at some point, and they were scaring teams. They beat Tampa Bay earlier this season. Um, I don't know, man. Like the way I see it, I think Jameis Winston. Um, I'm not going to go as far out as other people and say, well, the LASIK fixed it all for him. But the LASIK fixed some. He's not throwing thirty for thirty now. He's he he absolutely cleaned up those those turnovers. He he still was doing it, but not like he was in Tampa. I think he has all the arm talent in the world. He has the strength that you need to throw the ball down the field. He he does things that they weren't able to do with Drew Brees for years, and Drew Brees is a legend. So there are certain things that I think Jameis Winston brings to the table. I would absolutely go there. I do not understand this this um this Hill contract. I don't understand the, the thing that they're doing with, the, uh, it's just Trevor Simeon and all, dude, you guys got to figure it out down there. They have to figure it out. Yeah. I, and they like, ver, they value his versatility, but they're signing him to quarterback, like starting quarterback contracts. It's really weird. I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand that at all either. And I've got to say, there's a team in this division that I disrespected apparently way too much. And that's the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, you know, Matt Ryan, he may be 37, 38 years old, but I think I was sleeping on Matt Ryan a little bit. Like Matt Ryan is an outstanding quarterback. And I think this is this is a roster that certainly defensively I perceive to be to be very weak. But the fact that they're that they're you know basically in second place uh due to a tiebreaker in this division, quite frankly, to me, is very impressive. Uh obviously they have Kyle Pitts, they traded away Julio Jones uh Kelvin Ridley is is taking a step back I believe for for his mental health which is you know that's that's fine that that that's what people should do but I I'm very surprised with the Atlanta Falcons well I am too but I'm more so surprised that their record is five and six I'm still sleeping on them I I think that Matt Ryan um is still he's a guy that can still give you some this is okay so now here's my thing so the 49ers (laughs) drafted a quarterback so they won't need him My thing was, you need to send Matt Ryan, make that trade, send Matt Ryan out to San Francisco, let him run that offense. That's that's the that's that's where he should be. In Atlanta, it's not going to work. He's the the Falcons right now with Matt Ryan at this stage of his career. um, To me, I know their record says five and six. To me, they're a you know 
they're a two and nine team right now. I don't I don't see them at five and six, even though that's what their record says. You look at their their point differential, they're negative one oh three for the point differential. Um, they've scored 199 points to this point in the season, and they've given up 302. Their defense is abysmal. The thing that that gave them those five wins is the fact that Matt Ryan is there. It, but the offense is horrible, man. Like, I don't know how, how often you get a chance to watch them. I have a, a good friend. Uh, he goes by the name of Wu. Shout out to Wu. Uh, he, he's an Atlanta Falcons fan. And we talk and we, you know, I make fun of him and laugh and talk and vice versa. He gives it back. Uh, he This season, he's not even talking crap, man. He's just like, look, dude, we're miserable, man. <laughs> we're horrible, man. We Like, he was so excited that they drafted Kyle Pitts. But he's like right. nobody to block for the quarterback. Um, the he doesn't even like the schemes. He doesn't even like the schemes, man. So it's it's just so much in Atlanta that's wrong. But they're actually some balls are bouncing the right way. Like they, if you really look at it, because if you look at the entire NFC, there's still a shot for them to get a wild card. Right. Yeah. You know that's and crazy. I, I think a lot of it too, or at least some of it. You know, the the uniqueness of a guy like Patterson and what they've been able to kind of kind of do with him, um, you know, I think it is certainly um, an interesting thing. But I, I think to your point, it just tells you how weak this division really is. Uh, you know, it's again, it's it's a division that it has two well, yeah, two pretty good quarterbacks, right? Who are who are older, and then obviously, I think the Sam Darnold. Uh, for me, I think the Sam Darnold experience is, is kind of over. He was doing pretty good the first couple of games, and and I don't know if it's if it's the coaching there or it's the scheme, but Sam Darnold ended up, you know, before he got hurt, having a pretty low completion percentage. I think he was doing some stuff with his legs that was impressive, but I don't know, given... I think they've got pretty good weapons there in Carolina, um, and I just... Not sure. I think for me, the Darnold experiment experiment is kind of over, and and they got him for another year, so they're going to have to to figure it out. Well, so uh, you're right, but I also look at the the early part of the season too. So he had, I believe, when he got injured, it was six games in or seven games in. I can't remember it exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But but he started off the first like four weeks of the season. He looked really good, like like really oh, good. Yeah. And then, um, you know, kind of the team started to unravel. You had an injury to Christian McCaffrey. You had some injuries to his, one of his wide receivers. And uh, I think his left tackle was injured as well. Or right. I can't remember. I'm not a I'm not a Carolina fan. So don't beat me up Twitter <laughs> or whoever's listening. But he, there were some injuries down there in Carolina, which, you know, if your best player being Christian, Christian McCaffrey is injured, that's going to hurt your quarterback. So I'm not I'm not at the point where I really want to give up on Sam Darnold down there. I actually um I was happy that he left the Jets and I was happy that it was the Carolina Panthers. Now, where they are right now, they signed Cam Newton for the rest of the season and everybody knows I'm a Cam fan. I think Cam is done, dude. Like it needs to stop. Oh. It just needs to stop. <laughs> I was wondering cuz cuz I know I know you're a Cam fan and I've kind of been on the he he is you just can't throw the football really anymore like can't. Yeah, so I was wondering what you're, you were gonna no, say. No, yeah, I, I love Cam. Like I love. Cam. I have. I, I'm a Bills fan, and I own two Patriots jerseys because they both say Newton on the back. That's how much of a Cam Newton fan I am. He needs. He need, He needs to retire, man. Go. Go and um, teach these young guys. 
you know, how to protect their bodies and, and be as dynamic as you were. Go in and, and like, there's so many things that he can do. He's a great guy. He, he's he's kind of, he's doing what we're doing here. He has his podcast and he has a vlog that he does. Um, maybe it's time to just be great in different spaces, man. He has his hat company and, and a bunch right. of different things. Cam, go do something. But but football right now, you're hurting Carolina. You're hurting the Panthers. And I was very again, I was at the game. Um, his the game, his first game this season uh was with the against the Cardinals. They came to Phoenix. I was here for it. He actually wasn't starting, but he came in the first two plays that he played, he scored touchdowns, ran for one and threw for one. I'm losing my mind, man. I'm telling <laughs> you, I was going crazy. But then we saw what happened this past week. It was it was back to what we saw last year in New England from him. You just can't throw it past four yards. And if if you're in the NFL, right. you have to at the very least be able to throw the ball at 10 yards. And and Cam Newton just can't do it. He just can't. Yeah, I think he's he's got a great personality. Um, I think that certainly I think he can certainly dictate his own future in terms of what he wants to do and, and how he wants to impact people or impact the game of football. But I don't think it's just it's it's pretty obvious that it's not going to happen on the field um, as a player. Now through April 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for $1 down and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, Mr. I can't sleep at night, so I keep dozing off during the day. Especially you, Snoozy. You'll rest easier and feel fit-tacular. Wait, how did you get in here? Join in club or at planetfitness.com. $1 down, $10 a month, cancel anytime. Hurry, deal ends April 14th. See club for details. Anymore. Uh, that, that's that's pretty obvious, I think. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, nope, it's done. It's done, and I hate to say that. Like, it pains me to say that, because Cam is really my guy. <laughs> yeah, no, de- no, definitely. So... Let's move over uh, to the AFC. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what I what I think, what I thought. Um, well, hold on. I'm sorry. One more division in the NFC. Yeah, we missed the West. Yep. Yeah, possibly. These next two divisions, to me, are probably the most competitive, um, or at least I thought they were at the beginning of the year, and that is the NFC West and the AFC West. Let's do the NFC first. Uh, I, I got to say that when J.J. Watt, you know, picked the – the Cardinals and he said, Oh man, I'm going there because I want to win. And, and I think we all kind of made fun of him, certainly because we, the bills were kind of in on that a little bit. And we thought it was crazy that he would, you know, pick the Cardinals instead of the bills. Uh, I got a friend who does a Rams podcast. And, and as soon as they traded for Stafford, he was like, Matthew Stafford, MVP Rams win the Super Bowl." I man, I never, I didn't see this this Cardinals thing that that came out of left field for me. Well, okay, so um, living here, I can tell you before the season started, I knew that the Cardinals. I didn't think they were going to be nine and two good, but I knew the Cardinals were going to be good. Um, being able to go to the practices and 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 see Kyler Murray hand like as close as possible. I saw, I'm like, holy smokes, this guy is ready to to set the league on fire, and he's playing at an MVP level this year. Oh, for um, sure. I think he's probably third in that conversation right now, but the injury kind of set him back and he had a couple games there that didn't look like the rest of the games for the season, but no, you're right. I didn't think I'm like, why the heck is he? Why, why, why is JJ Watt going to Arizona? It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. And, but I tell you what, they, they put something together and even with his injury, so he's out for the rest of the season, 
they're man, they're they're doing it. They're doing it. And they the games that they lost, obviously, um, they they were without their quarterback for one of them, and then the other one they were without uh uh Hopkins. So it's like you're you're missing your two top guys in each of your losses. Now they both come back and they come back to a very favorable schedule for the remainder of the year. So I, I think it's um I think it's very safe to say A, they're gonna win this division, even though like your buddy thought that the Rams were going to do it. I was on the, and I'm still on the, the Matt Stafford train. I think, I don't think he's MVP, but I think Matt Stafford is a bad, like that dude is, he, he's so, and by bad, I mean that in a good way. He, he's one of the best quarterbacks um, that have, that has been underappreciated for so long because he's been in Detroit. And I saw a stat yesterday that actually ticked me off. Somebody was trying to say like, well, uh, maybe we shouldn't blame Detroit because Matt Stafford still hasn't beat a team over 500. Okay. That's true, right? But he's played 11 games outside of Detroit. Detroit still hasn't won a game. Like, they haven't won one game. Right now, my man Matt Stafford is 7-4, and four, looking to shut this stuff down. And, and, and we still have people critiquing him as if he's not a good quarterback. No, Jared Goff is horrible. <laughs> like, that, that's the conversation. I'm not, I'm not going to go back to the Detroit. I'm not going to go back there. But... The Los Angeles Rams, they they have a good shot at, at kind of figuring this out. When you get key pieces, um, you know, they now I'm not as big of a fan of the Von Miller trade. I know by name it's like, holy smokes, you got Von Miller, you got Aaron Donald, you got Ramsey, and then on offense, you got so I get it, right? You you got all these big names, and but the thing is, I, I'm not sure that Von Miller is the same Von Miller that he he was. And I think that's why Denver was so willing to let him go. Yeah, I, what are your thoughts of just in general about the whole Rams sort of team building thing? I, when it first happened, I was, you know, I think most people are kind of like, you're crazy. Why are you trading all these picks? But they do end up with like nine or ten picks every year. It's just, you know, later. And and, and they've they've done a pretty good job of, of keeping their, their day two picks and just trading firsts. And they obviously have had winning records. But at some point, does that like catch up to them? Because I always, I always felt that we always talk about winning windows, and we, and it's always in relation to a rookie quarterback. Like here's their winning window, and I don't I subscribe to that. I, I think that's kind of a myth. But I feel like the Rams are trying to maximize the window of Aaron Donald in his prime as their motivation. You know, because obviously they drafted Goff first it didn't work out he moved on but to me i feel like they've done these things because they're like oh man we got aaron donald like we probably should try to like not waste his career so what are your thoughts about this whole approach and and is it something that you think can they can't sustain because they don't have a first round pick until like i don't know 2025 or something at this point i'm a fan of it i I think um and now obviously it's not common so it's not it's not one that everybody's going to agree with because it's just not the way you traditionally build a football team um but you know when you're the first to do something a lot of times you're looked at like you're crazy until it works and then you're a genius and from what i've seen as a team and as an organization they feel less confident in the in their abilities to draft high pick players and develop them at the rate that they would like to so why not just trade that first round pick away and get a guy that is exactly what you want him to be? And then that's your first round pick. I I, I like it. To be honest, um, I think the part where or the way it's going to come back to bite them is you're trading for these number one draft pick type guys. 
with salaries. So it's going to come back to bite them how it's going to come back. I think in the next year and a half to two years, we're going to see Kansas City really go through a, a complete gutting of their roster because you just cannot afford uh, the contracts that they have. And they're signing guys like the, like the salary cap doesn't matter. At some point, it does catch up. And I think in, in maybe not next season, I think the year after is when we're going to see Kansas City go through one of those years where it's like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is there, but dude, they they suck. They're going to have one of those years because of that. And I think um, same thing here is going to catch up. It's going to catch up to Los Angeles, man. But but as of right now, I think um, if they play their cards right and they really hustle this thing out, they got a shot this year, too, just like the Cardinals. They're only two games behind them. San Francisco is a weird team to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's another team that has a really good defense. They they have talent, and maybe they should be better than they are on offense. And I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, I, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo has limitations, and that's obviously probably why they, they drafted Trey Lance because just more dynamic athletically, stronger arm. But I think there's be, there's some aspect, and, and I, I've listened to some guys who do a 49ers podcast. There is some question about is Kyle Shanahan the uh, the coach in a way, like holding back everything, um, you know, because he's like, in a way, he's like a great play designer, but some people think he's not a great play caller or that he's, you know, not, not much of a CEO type coach. And so he he messes up a lot of the intricacies of that and and him being the the you know the de facto GM and coach is, is the the thing that's kind of really holding the 49ers back. It, to me it's another team that's just it's just hard to get a read on them. What do you think about Shanahan um and and where is this team this team headed? That's tough. Um so I, I do get the opportunity to watch a lot of 49ers f- football because a, a again I remind everybody I'm in Phoenix. So being a part of that division and um you know, just kind of speaking to a lot of people, I think the word of Kyle Shanahan, I think he's one of the most brilliant offensive minds that we've seen in football in history. So for me, it's tough for me to to critique him as a coach. But at the same time, when you're a head coach, it's more than just being an offensive mind. So, yeah, it, it may be uh, Kyle Shanahan, but I'm I'm a fan of his. So it's really tough for me to to kind of have that conversation. What I think is I just think they need a better quarterback. Now, they they drafted Trey Lance. I think he's good. I think he's going to be good. I think he needs to obviously, again, figure rookies are rookies and we put this pressure on rookies all the time and expect them to come out and be, you know, like there's a couple guys that came out and were great as rookies. Justin Herbert was fantastic as a rookie. You know, Baker Mayfield was fantastic as a rookie. We expect these guys to come into the league and just be ready. And it's not realistic. I, I, I say, give Trey Lance some time, give Kyle some time with him. But, um, Jimmy Jimmy G just isn't the guy. And I know when you look at their records, it's like they win with with Jimmy and they lose when he's not in. Absolutely correct. Except Jimmy doesn't stay healthy. So he'll win and Jimmy will get you to the point where you're in the playoffs or in playoff contention. And then he's injured. He has a twisted ankle or he has a bump knee or he has something wrong with him. So then when it's the playoffs and you're going against the Rams or you're going against Green Bay, you don't have a quarterback that has played in that system all year that would be able to win the game. So for that reason, I'm always going to be out on the San Francisco 49ers as long as Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback. I, I got you. I got you. Uh, and then, and then a team, I think that 
I think I maybe two weeks ago. I just like you. I think Pete Carroll should go. I think Schneider should go. Uh, Seattle has always been weird to me, especially in the aspects of team building. They they certainly march to the beats of a different drum. It, it it's kind of like the Rams, but they just don't do it as well in a way. Help help me under <laughs> what's going on in Seattle, man. Like I'm confused about what what they're doing out there. I think Pete Carroll should have probably been let go after that that Super Bowl, <laughs> and that's going back a, a ways like eight now. Years ago, <laughs> yeah, and I I just think that um it gets to a point where like yeah you you were good you changed the culture here you got us our first Super Bowl in forever or whatever yeah he he did a lot of great things but you know that organization isn't run well. It's just not when you, when you make the trade that they made for first of all anybody who who wants to trade for a safety who literally plays outside linebacker and you think that's your missing piece that's your that's your um that's your door back to the legion of boom you are wrong and <laughs> on top of you being wrong like you you still aren't paying attention to the things that actually matter with that team you have russell wilson as your quarterback let me say that again. You have Russell Wilson as your quarterback. The thing that I said earlier about um, Aaron Rodgers, if you put him on this Buffalo Bills roster with this offense and this defense, you put Russell Wilson with this team. I promise you we're winning a Super Bowl. And I'm yeah. like, I can I can say that with the straightest face and the most confidence in the world. I promise you it's a Super Bowl. And out there, they have an even worse offensive line than Buffalo has right now. That even worse. And your quarterback publicly came out and critiqued you about this. He publicly came out and said, we need to get an offensive line. He wasn't happy about not being protected. And you're still not going to do that, but you're going to go and make a trade for a guy who who thinks he's one of the best safeties in the league because he hits hard. No, that's what linebackers do, man. Like you're just a linebacker. You're 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 not. Anyway. Pete Carroll needs to go. <laughs> Pete Carroll needs to go. And and I say that partially because, like I said, I'm a Russell Wilson fan, and I, I think it's a tragedy how they're wasting his career. Um, but then also, Seattle fans, in a weird way, remind me of Bills fans. So I feel bad for Seattle. Um, y- you have you have all the talent that, that has come through there throughout the years now. Like, all this talent. Every year, people want to go and play alongside Russell Wilson. Every year, they draft these studs. You got DK Metcalf up there. You got, you know, like you got guys every single year. But you don't do the things that it takes to protect the quarterback, and you don't do the things that it takes to really push forward and win. They got to figure something out. I, I cannot stand the way they're they're running that franchise. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's just a. <laughs> I just kind of laugh about it almost when I'm, you know, when I when I'm trying to figure out hit hit rates and stuff because it's like, it's just so bizarre to me what they've done and and how they draft these guys who, and I know every team has their own you know internal big board, but it's like every other team has a guy as a fourth round guy and the, and the, they're taking them in the the first round. It's just so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the AFC. Um, we'll we'll do maybe a little bit more of, of a bigger picture on these divisions because we do probably talk about them a, a bit more uh, during our mm-hmm. regular work for the Buffalo Bills stuff. Uh, so let's start with the AFC West. Um, I mean, this is a four-team race. You've got you got three of them at six and five. You got the Chiefs at seven and four. 
Um, you know, the Chiefs certainly terrified me at the beginning of the year, and then they I don't I don't I think saying they took a step back is incorrect, but they certainly had some problems on defense. Um, teams are doing to Pat Mahomes what teams are doing to Josh Allen, and they've also kind of struggled to figure that out. Um, you know, Justin Herbert with the Chargers is right there. Uh, you know, the Teddy Bridgewater-led Broncos. And then you've got Vegas who... Experience the thrill of Broadway as Wicked flies back to Columbus. Don't miss the untold true story of the Witches of Oz from May 18th through June 5th at the Ohio Theater. Tickets are on sale now. Wicked, it's the only musical with the power to defy gravity. Visit broadwayandcolumbus.com to get Wicked. Vegas has been through a lot of turmoil. I think Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback. Um, I, I give them a lot of credit for kind of doing what they're doing, given given all the weird things that have happened to them. What, what's your read on on this division? Um, you know, uh, are the Chiefs still kind of kings of this division, or are are they are they susceptible to one of these other teams catching them? Yeah, no. I th- first, it's the best division in football. It's, it's just the best division in football. If you're if you want to be entertained, and there's a divisional game happening for the AFC West, go ahead and throw that on. Throw it on. Best division in football. So to answer your question, um, I, I actually I don't think it's, it's Kansas City's division anymore. I know right now they have a one game lead or a half game lead, you know, on on Los Angeles. But I think Los Angeles actually is the team to beat in that conference or that division. Um, I think Justin Herbert, he's not Patrick Mahomes yet. He's not Josh Allen. He's not he's not the top three. He's not the top five in the league, but he's getting there. He's coming. And I think um they they have I think the issue right now with them is their defense um, and health. If if you get guys like Mike Williams to stay healthy for Justin Herbert, you get got you know you get that running game to really produce for them. That that would make the difference all all the world of difference for them. But their defense, you can't you know you can't be a contender really giving up almost three hundred points so far at this point of the season. You just can't do it. Yeah, I, I would agree. Um, <clears throat> definitely, and I, I think you know. The Broncos to me are another one of those teams that I feel is really just like a quarterback away, uh, you know, which makes sense why why they've been in on some of the the rumors about Deshaun Watson and, and Aaron Rodgers, and I've always really really liked their roster the past couple of years, but obviously there's a question about their coach too, right? Like like is Fangio really that guy that that CEO guy? Like when it you know when it comes down to it, and I, and I guess I guess we'll see. Uh, but those are well, the questions I kind of have with Denver. I tell you what, though, you you got he's doing what he's doing with Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. He's six and five <laughs> right now. Um, and I just talked about Los Angeles defense. The Broncos to this point haven't given up two hundred points. You know they're one of the best defenses in the league. So yeah. you know you have Teddy Bridgewater helping your team score enough points to win more than he doesn't. I mean, it's not a ton, but I mean, they're over 500 They're six and five right now. They're um, they're three and two in the last five games. So it seems like they almost either win one, lose one, win one, lose one. You know, but they they are right there. They're one game just like the Chargers, just like the Raiders. They're one game behind the Chiefs. So the division right now is still literally anybody's. And they have right now the best defense in that division. They're giving up the least amount of points in that division. So so when you're looking at that. You know, it's just tough for me. It's, it's tough for me 
to think that he's doing a bad job given the situation or the circumstances that quarterback that he has. And I'm a Teddy Bridgewater fan, but we all know the reason why Teddy is, is become somewhat of, you know, this generation's Ryan Fitzpatrick is because he's not going to be a franchise guy. He's going to be a journeyman. He's going to go from Denver. He's going to be in, uh, you know, uh, you know what he was in carolina at one point yeah. he was so-and-so so-and-so he's probably going to be a jet he'll probably be a you know <laughs> you know it's like all the teams that you know that go through quarterbacks he's going to be there he'll probably end up you know he'll probably make both teams both stops in jersey he'll be a jet and he'll be a giant <laughs> yeah i mean hey i mean the giants might be looking looking for a guy next year um yeah you know we'll see uh, so from from the league's best division to probably the league's worst division. We, we, we enter the, the AFC South talk. Um, we could do a whole podcast <laughs> on the last two or three years of the Houston Texans and get into that drama. If we wanted, obviously Jacksonville has its own uh, drama with, with urban Meyer, urban Meyer got extremely lucky that the league decided to post what they, what they, uh, did about John Gruden like two days after Urban Meyer got in trouble. Uh, you know, the Titans seem to be kind of falling back due to some injuries. And we have the Colts, who I think are are a pretty solid team, maybe not spectacular. Um, you know, obviously, we, we we know the Colts pretty well from, from a few weeks ago. So what mm. what do you think the, the Colts are going to kind of rise up and take this from the, the Titans? Or do you think the Titans can still kind of hold on to this and, and weather the injury storm? No, I, I personally think um, the Titans are pretty much holding on for dear life at this point. When you lose, when you lose your best player in the heart of your team, and then on top of that, um, both your best receivers are on. I, oh, I don't know if did AJ Brown just go on or did he come back? I, mm. I feel like both their both AJ Brown and Julio Jones are on IR. You have your running back on IR. You have um key players on defense on IR you have your left tackle on IR you, so you, you literally are are just injured and you're you're limping your way into the playoffs they have a two game lead right now i think indianapolis has um they kind of figured things out they found their mojo i know they just lost but look they found their mojo they have that running back jonathan taylor is the best running back in the league if christian mccaffrey was 100% healthy this conversation would be different but he's not Justin Taylor, or I'm sorry, Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the league. And what they're going to do is they're going to punch people in the mouth. And then when you have those teams that 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 turn around and say, "Okay, we're going to put eight guys in the box now, let's do that. First of all, he's averaging over six yards per carry against stacked boxes. Unbelievable, first of all. But then secondly, say they actually go up against a team that can figure that out and actually stop them from running the ball like that. Then, oh, guess what? You do have Carson Wentz, who has the ability to throw the damn ball. People, I don't know why people are so low on Carson Wentz. Like, he's horrible. The guy has had a very solid year. He's doing exactly what Frank Wright asked him to do. He's not doing anything more, anything less. He's not being super flashy. He doesn't have to put up 500-yard games. But guess what he's doing? He's doing everything he needs to do to make sure that they're in positions to win at the end of the game every single week. I, I think the Indianapolis Colts absolutely take the AFC South. Um, the te- the Texans, I feel bad for Tyrod. I don't think that they would have been leading the division by any means, but they wouldn't be two and nine had he not had that hamstring injury. The, the problem for Tyrod is always going to be health, though, and it sucks. He always loses his job um, to, for health reasons to to younger guys. Obviously, we knew he would, you know, 
That's why we drafted Josh to get rid of him. That's why Cleveland drafted Baker. Uh, so we get it. Justin Herbert was drafted, all this stuff. But, you know, he loses his job to, to all of these injuries and stuff like that. And this year, I, I kind of felt like we all knew the Texans weren't going to be good. But I felt like this was an opportunity for Tyrod to kind of just just to showcase, like, look, I can really still be a starter in this league and I should get an opportunity. I would like to see Tyrod in Washington. I don't think Tyrod is is like, again, he's not a franchise guy, but if you don't find your guy next year, if you can't draft a guy that that you feel like can take you to the promised land, put Tyrod out there with a tight end. He loves tight ends. You know, that was the yeah. issue with, with Bills fans. He wouldn't throw it down the field to whoever he wouldn't do. OK, get him out there with Logan Thomas. Get him out there with a good running game. Get him out there with a good offensive line. I would like to see Tyrod in a situation like that. But I, I feel bad for, for the Texans and the Jaguars, man. Urban Meyer, I'm shocked he still has a job. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And I think tying it back into your, your Teddy Bridgewater point, too, obviously they're, they're kind of different. Tyrod is, is more athletic. But those are two guys who I think who a team like Washington would be better off next year. You know, if they can't get one of the big name guys, they don't draft a guy, whatever the case may be. I think those two guys with that offense would certainly, um, you know, bring them a little closer to Dallas. I'm not saying it would put them over the top by any means or anything. And yeah, I was kind of like, hey, you know, Tyrod's going to get a chance. You know, he'll get a year in Houston. Uh, Bad team. I mean, they've got a, a few guys there that are that are worth talking about. And we'll see what happens. And and unfortunately for him, like you said, he was. He was hurt again, you know, and that seems to be his just what happens with him, unfortunately. Um, all right. Last up, we got the AFC North. Um, another, I think, pretty competitive division in the NFL. Uh, Baltimore, I, I guess I, w- I don't know if I was if I'm surprised by by Cleveland. I felt like Cleveland would, would be better off now um, in terms of record than they are. Baker, to me is kind of an enigma. I know he's, I've, I've said he's kind of like a middle-class man's version of Trent Dilfer or something. Um, but obviously Baltimore's eight and three. We've got Cincinnati at seven and four. The Browns are six and six and the Steelers, uh, you know, kind of surprising. I think are, are five and five, although Mike Tomlin has never had a, a losing season in his, his history as a head coach. So this is another division that's very competitive amongst, amongst each other. And, um, I mean, what are your thoughts about the NFC North? Well, um, to your first point there, Baker's a bum. Baker is a bum. Uh, uh, <laughs> Baker Baker is a bum. And I'm sorry I keep saying it. I just want to make sure everybody gets my point. He is a <laughs> bum. I don't uh, – look, Cleveland, I agree with you. I thought that they would be better off than they are. Um, at 6-6 six and six right now, it's almost disappointing because I've been saying this from day one. So, so when he got drafted, he had a roster that – Bills fans could only dream of at that point. And then it kept getting better. <laughs> so it's right. like, and, and you know what? I, I, I misspoke earlier. I should have said Cleveland in that conversation when I said there's like four teams with this top talent on their rosters, top to bottom. Cleveland has two RB1s, two RB1s. They have two tight ends that are very good. They traded away Odell Beckham Jr., but they still have, in my opinion, three really good wide receivers. You had Odell Beckham there at one point, which means you had four really good wide receivers. You have a solid defense. This year, they're not playing a, a, up to what, what I feel that their talent is. Um, you know, we've seen their defense play very well. 
this year, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's injuries. I'm not sure. But the, the thing is, they have talent top to bottom on that roster. Top to bottom. You give Josh Allen a running game and the Buffalo Bills look different. You give Josh, you bring you you bring Wyatt Teller back out here to Buffalo and you and you let those guys run behind him with Spencer Brown on the other side. Let's let's get that thing happening. Yeah. But that's not that's not what we have. And Cleveland has it. And they're like they're just letting it go to waste because they have Baker. They have Baker, man. And and it I'm gonna move on from Baker because I, I I lay it on thick on I do I lay it on thick on Baker and that's not right. But he's a bum. He's a bum. Cincinnati, they're very good. I'm I'm all in on Joe Burrow. I'm all in on Joe Burrow, man. I think this kid is gonna be a superstar for a long time. I I um I'm actually I'm very happy we have Josh Allen. But I tell you what, man, I'm jealous of Cincinnati fans. I'm super jealous. He's he has such a um he has such a good presence on the field. He's such a winner. He's such a He's such a strong personality. His team, you can tell, like they just follow him. They follow him. And 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 then the confidence that he he just has a confidence that's not, it's not Baker like overly confident and you ain't won nothing yet. It's it's confident, like, okay, when I when I become that dude, y'all gonna know it. And I'm showing y'all I'm gonna be that dude. So I, I like Joe. Pittsburgh, I, I just think Pittsburgh, um Ben, it's time. It's time for them to to look for a quarterback to replace. So even same thing. I know earlier we were talking about Washington and, and other quarterback needy teams. Hey, look look at Aaron Rodgers' possibility for a couple years there. Oh man, um, you know you you got some good receivers there. You got Claypool out there. You got like every year, uh, you know Pittsburgh puts together a good receiving core. They put together a decent running game. They have good defense every year. Like you put Aaron Rodgers out there. You put, um, I don't know, you know, a, a couple guys that that are right now in, in the conversation that might not be with their teams. Look at Pittsburgh to be one of those teams that's looking for a veteran and draft somebody. They're going to draft somebody to, to hope to develop for a year or two. Look for Aaron Rodgers maybe to to look at at that as a franchise if he's going to leave Green Bay. Um, but but no, I like Pittsburgh. I just think I just think it's time with it's just time with the coach. I mean, with with the quarterback. I love Mike Tomlin. I think Mike Tomlin's. Every year, top three, top five co- coach in the league every year. Yeah, no, no, I agree. Um, we're not going to talk about the AFC East. Like we said, we cover the AFC East pretty extensively. If you want to hear us do that, I'm sure you can find uh, those podcasts because we're about to tell you where you can find them. Spence, I appreciate you coming on with me. Uh, I know we, we've been trying to kind of connect for a while. Why don't you tell everybody who's listening where they can find you and all, all your work in case they, they you know, they want to listen to you. And I know you, you do Bill's content, but you do, you do talk to other people around the league and stuff like that. So it's not strictly Bill. So let the people know all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first, thank you for letting me come on here with you, man. I, I appreciate it. And, and like I said, we're going to do a part two of this on the code of conduct, maybe in, in two weeks and we'll just, Ooh, well, your your volume dropped off a little bit. Oh, let's oh, now, see. You're, now you're now you're okay. Now you're I'm back. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, I represent that Buffalo Rumblings podcast and YouTube network. Um, I do the Code of Conduct on Tuesdays. I do the Hump Day Hotline with Joe Miller on Wednesdays. I do the Chop Up on Saturdays with uh, Sterling Furrow of Cover One with Angelina White and Kristen Kimmick of the Bills Mafia Babes. We do that on Saturday night at 9 p.m. as well. And then I actually have a show coming up pretty soon that we're going to be releasing uh, called The Culture Review, where we're going to be talking about hip hop. It's going to be everything from – 
from old school classics to the new versus stuff that they got going on to album reviews and just just everything that has to do with hip hop. We're going to be talking about it. And that's going to be with Antoine Staley. And uh, one of my good friends is more so going to be an introduction for her. So I'm going to make sure I do that the right way. Uh, but I have I have somebody who's who's very well known in the underground hip hop scene who's going to be joining me for that. So it's going to be a fun time. So I got a lot going on. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at J Spence the King. And uh, I'm sorry, that got long winded there. I'm sorry, man. No, you're fine. You're fine. You you do a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it seems like I do too much now when I put it in words like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I am Charlie Gross. You can find me on Twitter at Charlie underscore Gross underscore. Uh, this is the Trust of Process NFL show. We have an analytics company. You can find that at TTP underscore analytics on twitter we got a whole bunch of stuff coming like we're going to do some draft work some some uh you know scouting reports mock drafts we got off-season analytics in-season analytics uh, we'll be full go next in time for next season for sure uh once again thank you for listening and you know stay humble stay hungry and go everybody <laughs>